Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin, senior editor behind the steelcurtain.com. And what you just heard were the unbelievable sounds of the Jerry Cherry Band, who is a big time fan of the Steelers and of the Behind the Steel Curtain Network, a podcast. And you'll notice there's just two of us tonight. That's right. Dave Schofield is on vacation. So it's just myself, Brian Anthony Davis. What's up, Brian? I've been telling everybody he's on assignment. Mm. I think that sounds so much more what official. What is that I... assignment again? Yeah, the assignment might be with a fishing rod. Well, you know, Big Brosco has a fishing a yes. fishing rod wherever they are. It might be a margarita. I'm afraid the assignment includes speedos, but <laughs> you know, that's where my mind goes. So well, he did have that uh, behind the steel curtain flag printed up, and they were flying that high down in Nags Head. So if you're down there in the Outer Banks, uh, you got to catch them early. They come back, I think, on Saturday. So. Get out there and see if you can see the the Scobros down there in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. I love it. Always repping. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I am not when I go down to the Outer Banks. I don't have a flag that I fly or anything like that. But still, uh, it'll be a good time. I'll be on vacation towards the end of the month. Brian will be out. Uh, is it two weeks? Two weeks from tonight. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be doing my scout duties. There you go. There you go. In the woods. The people trust me with their children. That's scary. Well, what is it on the, the movie Up, the Wilderness uh, Explorer? Kakaya. That's yeah, yeah. So adventure <laughs> is out there. And it's funny because I've got a I've got a hat that I wear. And, you know, I'm sort of short and squat. 
and they made me hold balloons because when I wear the complete uniform and I have the shorts and the socks up high, I look like Russell. But I, I will tell you this. I do go into a completely different mode when I when I'm in charge of people's children. I'm not bad. I'm Mr. Brian and I take I'm yeah. I'm too scared. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. All right, let's get this show off right. I want to get your thoughts. We are going to actually do something a little different. We'll explain that here in a second. I want to get your thoughts though on the Baker Mayfield trade. Um obviously I think it was Wednesday last night around there. Uh, Baker Mayfield was traded to the Carolina Panthers. Just what were your general thoughts? We don't need to go into deep, a deep dive into this thing. I just think that uh, it's kind of about time. And really that was a divorce. There was, there's no healing that that's, I mean, you're catching the husbands with a whole bunch of Coke and three strippers in the act. <laughs> is basically what happened and there's not enough flowers there's not enough diamonds and there aren't enough mercedes to get you out of this problem cleveland you created it and then you got to a point where you're like eh, i i kind of gotta we kind of just gotta get what we get and it reminds me of a situation with the Steelers, I can actually say it reminds me of 2010 when they knew that Santonio Holmes was going to be suspended and they dealt him two, a couple weeks before the draft. He was going to be out for four games and they got a fifth round pick for him. Or was it a sixth round pick? It was it, something I think, egregious. I think it might have been six. It wasn't. A yeah, I think it was a sixth. And I, I'm sure that that goes into. Dave knows the formula that that ended up becoming Antonio Brown somehow, but really it's just a situation. They had, they had to do it. I'm sad because I wanted number six to be in Cleveland forever. Well, yeah, because Baker Mayfield sucks. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and we can't say that we get him this year though. Yeah, that's right. Well, we might, it might be Sam Darnold. Who knows? Uh, but still, yeah. Interesting stuff. So we've been, talking about throughout the day what we wanted to what we want to do in this show and you know i mean there, there's been we're all scraping the bottom of the barrel let's put it that way we're trying to just get through the next few weeks until training camp starts back up and then we're going to have a ton of talking points but until then it is difficult to give daily content the way that we do here behind the steel curtain and i threw out a couple ideas brian was like nah. i said why don't we just go and talk about our favorite players people love to know who are our favorite players? If you're watching live on Facebook or on YouTube, you can chime in when we get that. What we're going to do is just talk about by position, our own individual personal favorites. So Brian's going to be able to go much further back than me. And I'm going to give you reasons why I like some players. Maybe it's just because the fact that I grew up with them. We'll see. But what we're going to do is we're going to go through offense, defense, and we're going to do our favorite Pittsburgh Steelers by position. Before we do that, I just dropped the red flag. Oh, okay. So I'd like to do a little instant replay here, Jeff, because I believe I agreed with I agreed with it. With what? I, yeah, we can do that. And then you're like, oh, why don't we do this instead? So uh, I did it for my uh, first one. <laughs> it was about renovations because I'm running for do redoing our kitchen and I was so frustrated. <laughs> and I get this edge like, why don't we just talk about renovations? <laughs> And I was like, sure, that works for me. I think that was my exact. <laughs> I think I, I thought you were responding look. to Dave. But anyways, I like this topic. It is different. <laughs> it is fun. It is 
July 7th. So we're going to talk about it. Let's start. You want to do offense or defense first, Brian? Let's do defense. We always start with offense. Okay. I'm going to start defensively. We're going to start on the defensive line. Now, typically you could pick any number of players. I would say no more than four should be, should make your list, but Brian, I'll let you go ahead and first, what what are some of your favorite defensive linemen? Well, I'm going to up the ante here too. We can go ahead and talk about, we're talking about current Steelers, right? Well, no, it can be at all time. Oh, we're going all time. Okay. So I don't have to up the ante. You know what? It's, it's not hard for me to go ahead right away and say Cam Hayward from the current team. Mm. I mean, they're is everything that the Steelers are. Jeff Cam could have played. Cam's a guy that could have played in the 1970s. He could have been on, on that steel curtain line and he's just the heart of the champion. And uh, he reminds me a lot of Joe green, not in stature. They're two different looking guys in stature, but just with, as far as leadership goes, I love 97. So that's my number one. I'll let you go. I think we should go back and forth on this. Okay. Um, you said cam, I'm going to go, and this is again, a generational thing. I'm going to go with Aaron Smith. Uh, he was always one of my favorites. I, I just liked how he just no nonsense. He wasn't the rah, rah guy. The dude never left the field. It seemed like, and he just made those big, he made those plays that made everyone else around him better. And that, 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 that goes unnoticed, but I'm going to go Aaron Smith for my first one. And these are in no particular. I'm just thinking, go ahead, Brian, what's your next one? I'm going to go to the eighties on this one. Okay. And this guy is top five in sacks of all time. And a lot of people just don't realize who number 93 was. And that's Keith Willis from the eighties. Mm. Just a fantastic player. I believe he had 15 sacks one season. It might've been 83. He was just absolutely fantastic. He was just on a bad defense. But if that guy was around in the seventies, uh, I think they, they win a lot more games. Yeah. No, you- the, no one brings up the eighties for a lot of reasons. It's because they never, obviously they never won a super bowl. Uh, and that kind of makes me think about cam. If cam never wins one, is he going to be viewed kind of like Dermani Dawson, tremendous player, hall of famer, but just doesn't, I'm sorry, maybe it's just me. He doesn't get brought up in the same, in the same way as other players that have won a ring. And, and maybe that's just me. But um, the, the 80s players fall into that category. They never got home and won a Super Bowl. So I think that's probably why a lot of people look down on the 80s. But there were some good players. I'm going to go with big snack Casey Hampton. Uh, he was the plug in the middle of that early 2000s, uh, especially in 0405 all the way through 2010 was tremendous. Uh, big snack Casey Hampton failing the run test every year. That was like a a rite of passage for training camp at St. Vincent college. I'm going to go with big snack. I'm trying to, I'm also trying to avoid the obvious, like the steel curtain is everyone loves the steel curtain. Even if you weren't alive for those guys, I'm just thinking outside the box, Brian, what about you? I've got to copy you with Casey Hampton. There's no way this list cannot be without number 98. Yeah. It's just a wide load. Perfect. And you know, really unsexy pick when they took them. Back in 2001, when they took him, the more heralded rookie was Kendrell Bell, number two yeah. from Georgia. And he won rookie of the year, but Casey Hampton was the one who endured. And there was times when you thought, how's this guy going to endure? <laughs> That's going to be yeah. really tough. But he was just one of those guys that 
like I said, not a sexy pick at all. They had the 16th pick. The Jets wanted Santana Moss, so they traded with the Steelers. Steelers got their guy at number 19 and able to add like maybe Hank Poteet or somebody else in that draft um, with that extra pick. I'm going to go with the obvious, even though I said you kind of overlook, you have to go with me and Joe Green, one of two players to have their numbers retired in Pittsburgh Steelers history. You have to go with the icon. He is the icon. Everyone you talk to, <clears throat> everything you read, you hear, everyone talks about how he was the guy. Uh, the only the only person I believe in the organization was six Super Bowl rings too. Interesting fact about me and Joe Green. So there you go, Brian. I'm sure you're going to echo that one as well. I would imagine. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if Dick Hoke might have six too as a coach. I thought I don't. I don't think he was with them for 43, but I could be wrong. He might. He up. may have not been there for 43. I know he's there for 40. So yeah, that's that's really close in there. Um, so I want to go Joe Green too, but there's a guy I can't leave out. I mean, Joe Green is probably the all-time greatest Steeler. Really, I mean, we could be talking these days, we could be talking about Ben, but for me, it's Joe Green's the one who started it all and helped make them what they were. But on the other side of that line, on that steel curtain line, I have his jersey. I met him when I was about nine years old, LC Greenwood. And I just think that uh, I'm going to be talking about him later on in the show and final thoughts. But this guy, if this guy's not a Hall of Famer, I don't know. I, I don't know who is. Yeah, that's tough. And I, I'm not going to say anything. I'm, I'll let you chime in on that during your, uh, during your final thoughts, but that that's it for me. Those are the, the defensive linemen and they've had so many good ones that we, we didn't even mention. You know, you could talk about in terms of your favorite people. Remember this is favorite players. This is not the best player. This is our favorite players. So like Brett Kiesel, would be close to that lead that that list for me. I loved watching Brett Kiesel play when he did the his celebration where he shot the arrow and stuff like that. Yep. That was great. Like I love that stuff. He was a great personality on that team. Joel I love Steve. Steph. I love Stefan to it yep. when he was with the team and healthy. He was a wrecking ball. Uh, it just tremendous. So let's leave the defensive line and let's go to maybe one of the most difficult positions, and that's outside linebacker. And this is going to be difficult, Brian, based on the fact that back in the 70s, they ran a 4-3. So you can either include those players in the inside if you want, or you can throw them the outside. It doesn't matter. When you think of outside linebackers and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's the first person that comes to mind? Well, how many do we have for this? How many are you giving me? <laughs> Let's go four. Okay, four. Well, the very first one, and I'm partial because he's hometown, but he was great. And you, Jack Ham. Special teamer. Dope, yeah. Special teamer. <laughs> yeah. Doug Whaley disagrees. And, and hey, Doug Whaley doesn't even have a podcast right now. So, um, yeah, I, I think, no, Johnstown's own Dobra Shunka. Uh, just, man, he was the man. And when you grew up in Johnstown, that even made you more of a Steeler fan because this was a guy that just did everything. And he was, he's one of those players that, you know, he wasn't, he was a hall of famer. Everybody loved the guy, but when you have a, when you have the personalities of a Franco Harris, you have a Joe green, you have a Terry Bradshaw, a Lynn Swan, all those vibrant personalities. And then you, you have just Mr. Blue collar 
Western PA who just did it all. I mean, he could drop back in coverage. No problem. Just wreck you and sack you. Yeah. He did that too. Did stop the run. He, he was so many, he had so many different tools, Jeff. Yeah. I wasn't alive for that era, but I've read a lot, watched a lot of Jack Ham. He is, he's a hall of famer for a reason. I, when someone says to me, Jeff, outside linebacker, Steeler go. And the first person that's going to come to my mind and don't t- don't ask me why it is. Well, everyone, if you listen to my podcast, it's not live on YouTube or Facebook. It is let's ride. And that's who ride, who ride on three. Let's ride one, two, three, let's ride. It's Joey Porter. It's peasy. I, it was that team, that 2001 team that man, I just, that, that 2001 all the way through the two thousands were just, I loved that time for Steelers football. And, it, and it, he encapsulated everything that I wanted the Steelers to be. He was the villain that everyone loved to have on their team when he had his shirt up, showing off the six-pack abs, and he's just barking at guys be, uh, before the game. Hey, sometimes fighting them before the game doesn't matter. I mean, that opened the door to James Harrison. We'll get to him in a little bit. But still, Joey Porter, number 55, was one of my all-time favorite Steelers, and especially at outside linebacker. I'll never forget for the rest of my life him sacking Peyton Manning and what should have been the game ceiling sack against the Colts in the AFC divisional round in 2005. Just unbelievable. I loved, I love me some Joey Porter. That's where I'm going to go. Brian, what's yeah, who's next? I, I cannot, uh, I cannot disagree with you on, on PZ. It was my, my sister's favorite player because he, she just entertained him. I mean, he was just so entertaining to her. Uh, yeah, I, I love me some peasy too. For me, when you talk about, you could probably talk hit, talk about peasy as one of the bad dogs, but the toughest dog before peasy was Greg Lloyd. Mm-hmm. I wasn't hired for my disposition. I I need that T-shirt. I still don't have it. <laughs> it it's just. Greg Lloyd was that guy that uh, you were young, but they were making that run in 1989 and he sacks Pat Ryan of the jets in December. And they needed to win a lot of games because this was not a good team, but they made it far in the playoffs that year. But this defense was led by Greg Lloyd and Rod Woodson and Carnell Lake. But Lloyd went in sacked it them out basically and then tapped them out like it was wwe just went boom boom three i tapped the man out jets fans were livid and i was watching the game with a jets fan one of my my best buddies of all time was a all time was a jets fan living in steeler country and he just hated it uh but what happened when that happened i just said that's my guy i always liked him he was yeah. in his third year but Greg Lloyd, just, and that guy had, he was menacing, but he had a personality too. I remember him cussing when they won the AFC <laughs> championship yeah, trophy. Yeah. But I have a great memory of him. You know, I, I go to the signings and I was helping out at a signing. And then it was my time to turn around and, and go get some signings. So I was like backstage. I was working with the athletes. And then... I come out and I, the one girl that was working with Greg Lloyd at the time, I knew her and I was talking to her. And then, so he comes out, I mean, I get his autograph and 
he comes out afterwards and I'm just standing there and I'm not dressed like a full-fledged fan. And all these people are trying to get free autographs. And this is an autograph signing. You know, you don't really do that. And he went past them and looked at me and pointed and goes, hey, man, you doing well? Because and, and he knew me for a second and he felt like he knew me. And that's who I'll never forget that about Greg Lloyd. He was really cool to me. Greg Lloyd would have made my list. I remember in um, it was 94, I received a reversible Greg Lloyd jersey. I think that was straight from either Gabe's or Hill's. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh hills <laughs> that's snack bar too <laughs> or maybe far more if you're familiar with that oh, uh we had a far more far more yeah p-h-a-r-m-o-r far more but still i love greg lloyd i'm gonna go with a guy that at the time when i was young and so i was like 11 or 12 years old i if it was another love that i had in my life at that time it was wrestling and i loved hulk hogan the blonde hair, the way they got the crowd, he got the crowd involved. He put his hand up, you know, let, let me hear it. Hulkamania, all this stuff. And Kevin green did not spend a lot of time in Pittsburgh. And that's what people forget. It mean, it meant a lot. Well, may he rest in peace also, but it meant a lot when he went into the hall of fame as a stealer. It meant that he, he cared about that time so much, even though he didn't spend a lot of time there watching Kevin green, get the crowd jacked up. I was not shocked at all when he ended his football career and went into wrestling because he just fit everything fit. He had the hair, he had the personality, he had the persona, the machismo as Razor Ramon would say. And I, I just loved Kevin green and he and Lloyd will meet at the quarterback. I mean, that was those Blitzburg defenses. Everyone wants to talk about the early two thousands. A lot of those people weren't alive for those nineties defenses. They were fast. They were physical. And man, they would get after the quarterback. It was fun to watch. So Kevin Green makes my list of my top four favorites. What about you, Brian? What's next? He absolutely has to make the list, man. I I loved him as well. And, you know, he also had his own Miss Elizabeth in a way because his wife would do the national anthem a lot at Heinz Field (laughs) back in those days. I did not know that. I yes, know that. she would not that Miss Elizabeth ever did that, but yeah, Elizabeth, his... get down that aisle. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. <laughs> History beckons the macho man. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let me talk about a guy that you know was probably before your time, too. He made a huge mistake in Pittsburgh and decided to hold out in 1988. But Mike Merriweather was phenomenal. I believe in his second year, he had 15 and a half sacks. He was the guy that uh, had the record before Debo, I believe. And he was just, he was menacing. He was everywhere. He was Tony Defio's first jersey. And Tony got it like in 1988, right before he was traded the next year they got a first round draft pick out of them it was the 1989 draft it was tom ricketts it was the only time that they had two uh first round draft picks in my lifetime and i think it was the only time in history if i'm not mistaken but merriweather was a great guy and he was a great player but he was young and he had an agent and he listened to his agent and the reason i know that story is I heard it firsthand from Mike Merriweather. 
And Mike Merriweather said to me, he said, yeah, I, I made a mistake. I should have never left. Because all I said to him was like, man, I was in high school when you left. It broke my heart because you were my favorite player. He said, yeah, I, I wish I would have never left. But I didn't know. I was young and there was money on the table. But I could have stayed and done so much more. All right, so you and Merriweather, I'm going to do my next two together because they kind of tie hand in hand, in my opinion. And that is one James Harrison and one Trent Jordan Watt. Yep. So James Harrison, I mean, his story, everything about his lead up to finally getting on the football field with Joey Porter getting ejected in Cleveland. We all know that story by now. He was just so dominant. And you listen to offensive linemen talk about how he was such a unique beast because he was so small, but he was so powerful and he used his leverage to get underneath you. And he drew all either drew a holding or he got to the quarterback. Just a lot of fun watching Debo. I've never seen a guy play angrier. I think he's the only, only guy I think of that I thought was angrier at, at no one in general than Greg Lloyd. Greg Lloyd played angry. I think Debo took it up a notch. And then when TJ Watt was drafted in 2017 and he was forcing Harrison on the bench, I was, I remember saying to myself, this guy, man, this, this guy could be something. I can't say that I thought that 22 and a half sacks was on the table right away or that soon, but I mean, TJ Watt, I mean, how do you leave him off the list? Defensive player of the year. He's going to set the record for most sacks by a Steeler. Could it be this year? Brian? Yeah, it, it very well. If I'm not mistaken, he has 69 and the record's 81. Yeah. I, I might need to double check that, but that's I'm okay. pretty sure that's what it, it is. Happen. I'm pretty sure it could happen this year. Yes. He'll own the all-time sack record for the Steelers uh career-wise. Not it won't take too won't take too long. And this guy just keeps up in the bar every single year. Uh it's just I everyone I I remember people because I was running the website at the time that said that TJ Watt was just drafted because he's JJ's brother. He was just drafted because he's a Watt and he's, he was a combine hero. That's what they call him. Workout warrior. He's not going to pan out. Well, <laughs> I would suggest otherwise. Brian, do you have those numbers? 72. He has 72 sacks. So he is, <laughs> so he only needs, he only needs nine to tie and 10 to take over. Right. Is it 81 um, or 80? I thought Harry. it was uh I thought it was eight eighty one and he needs eighty one and a half. So, okay. so nine okay. and a half to tie yeah. or nine and a half to, to take over, something like that. But he got close. I mean, we expect him to do that this year. That's so that that rounds out my uh OLBs. What about you? Well, you know, I've got to say one thing about TJ. Yeah, he's it's kind of like what you said about Joe Green and the steel curtain. Everybody loves TJ. I don't know many yeah. people that don't. I did see somebody, you know, complaining about him on some site saying that, well, you know, uh, James Harrison didn't have oxygen like every fourth quarter like TJ does. I mean, when the man balls out like that, you know, I mean, and he's, there's you no one behind him. If he, he needs can't. oxygen, if he yeah. has 22 and a half sacks in yeah. a season, I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I need oxygen watching TJ Watt play. <laughs> but speaking of oxygen, one of, I will say the greatest Steeler moment in my history was watching James Harrison return that ball. It's the greatest Super Bowl moment ever. Yeah, it, the one of the greatest moments in my life because we got up, we were screaming, we did not. Uh, that game was about to go in a bad direction at halftime. Yeah. 
and it, it just changed everything and halftime was a blur i did not see bruce springsteen it was just awesome but you said something about him playing with a chip on his shoulder that chip on his shoulder had a chip in it you know he had two chips on his shoulder and i think that's what motivated this guy he kept on adding chips yeah. now he is my wife's least favorite player because of course i'm gonna yeah there's something i do i name drop because i've had an opportunity that i've met these guys and i remember i was talking to him i said and i said you know i'm gonna go ahead and you know i'm gonna get engaged in a couple weeks in florida and he's like why are you doing that i said don't do that you know, just string her along you know you don't have to pay for it man and i'm like well, thanks, James Harrison, for the advice. And then I went home and told her, she's like, I don't like that man anymore. <laughs> but I love Debo. I I think one of the one of the greatest uh you know stealers. And he his personality was one of those that he had a lot of personality. And I had the opportunity to interview him for BTSC last year with I think it was it wasn't Pepsi, but it was uh, USAA. And the guy was awesome. And one thing that people don't realize about James Harrison, when you ask him the question, like, did you divorce the Steelers? Do you have a problem coming? He goes, no, I love this team. He's like, I mean, I really enjoy this team. It's business. They have to feed their, the Rooney's have to feed their family. They've got to take care of business. I had to take care of mine. You can't get mad at somebody for a business decision that doesn't include you. It's true. It's true. And Man, I, he was not scared of the commissioner. What, what was oh, it, no. the article where he said if he was on fire, I wouldn't piss walk, on him or something? Walk like. across the street to pee on him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's go to inside linebackers here. Uh, this will be uh, a little. Let's do two at a time just to expedite the process. I don't want to go too long. We still have to go to the offense. My gosh, uh, let's do uh, inside linebackers. Who do you have for your inside linebackers? I. Simply, I don't have to say much. Jack Splat, Jack Lambert, 58, boom. That, that's all I'm yeah, going to say. He's making my list as well. I'm going to see your uh, Jack Lambert, and I'm going to raise you uh, Potsy, one James Ferrier. Uh, he was a guy that I felt he, – he actually did get some Defensive Player of the Year votes, I think, in 2004. Yeah. Uh, he was just that good. And he was that good for that long. And so the Jets, I know you have that story about going to New York and thanking yeah. everyone for the, for James Ferry. <laughs> we couldn't get a Yugo for this guy. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, a Yugo. The guy said to me, it's great. James Ferry was so good. And I remember the first game I saw at Heinz Field was in 03. They played the San Diego Chargers, Ladanian Tomlinson. Both teams were bad. Uh, I was given the get the tickets. They're like, seriously, you can just go up and go. And I was in high school and I went and I saw James Ferrier hit Ladanian Thomas. I've never seen a hit that hard in my life. And you could hear it. You could feel it. I had really good seats, but James Ferrier is on my list for sure. Who's your next? Yeah, I, I'm going to give a guy that wasn't there for a long time either. And there's a lot of different ways I could have went here. Uh, David Little's a guy I wanted to go with here. But I was a big Chad Brown fan mm. when he was here. Now, he moved to outside linebacker at 96 and had, what, 14 and a half sacks. Yeah. It, was, it was just amazing. And then they couldn't keep him because they didn't have the money to keep him at that time. Right. And But Chad Brown came back to the Steelers in 06. I, I'm sad. I, I kind of was upset that he missed the Super Bowl opportunity with Pittsburgh. 
but he he played one more year in Pittsburgh. I thought he was great. Chad Brown, I mean, he had pet snakes. He was just he was one of those quiet badasses, Jeff. Yeah, no, he was good. I'm gonna go with the guy that stood next to him, and that was Levon Kirkland. I uh, he was a freakish athlete. People don't realize that they don't build him like that anymore. I mean, Levon Kirkland was a big, really big man. I mean, and I asked him, I got to interview him on let's ride yeah, this, right. this yeah. past off season. And I asked him, do you think you could play in today's NFL? Or do you think they would try to put you in another position? He said, I know I could play in today's NFL. <laughs> I said, I love it. The, the confidence was oozing from the guy still to this day. Levon Kirkland, I I just remember him watching. He he reminded me. You saw I used to collect. I used to collect cards, and so I, I got a Levon. I got a Levon Kirkland card once, and you see the the Three Rivers turf behind him. He's got the big face mask, the big neck roll. He's got the giant pads, and he's just this hulkish man. And he looked like a lion in the Sahara chasing down a gazelle or something. I mean, it was amazing. I love LeVon Kirkland. Brings back a lot of good memories. That's who I'm going to go with next. Who, what about you, Brian? Yeah, 99 was was a great one for me, too. Uh, just uh, one of my favorites. Two-time MVP of the Steelers. Was never an, yeah. a defensive player of the year. But one memory I have of LeVon Kirkland was Super Bowl Thirty when the tide was starting to turn to the Steelers. And he had a sack of Troy Aikman where I don't even think he touched him. I think he just scared him. <laughs> because I, I know, you know, they said, oh, he fell down there. But it was one of those that I think he just fell backwards because he knew that would be easier than just getting crushed because he was about to get lambasted in the next week. Yeah. So real quick, Brian Brown in the live chat says, I read once LeVon Kirkland never played college ball. It's not true. He played at Clemson. He was an All-American. And I think he actually is either up for induction or is uh, getting into the College Football Hall of Fame. So, no, he did play college football. You're thinking of Ray Seals, who was yeah. on that team, 97. Yeah. Okay, are you done with inside linebackers? Yeah. I'm gonna, I was going to do one more. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Shay leave it up because when Ryan Shazier yeah. came in, it's not because of how his career ended either. Because the guy was dominant, and he was—it's just a shame that his career ended where it went, the way it did. We'll put it that way. Okay, let's go to the secondary safeties. You can only pick two. You can only pick two. If you need to think about it, I'll go ahead and I, say I my don't. two. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I—I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna steal your one because I know—I I know your error. Well, go ahead so. and say it. Well, we can have actually. No, I'm—I'm I'm, not—I'm t- not taking your guy because I, I actually have a guy that I like more than him. So, of course, I've got to go Donnie Shell. Okay. He and, didn't make my list. Yeah, that's not the guy I'm thinking of, though. Okay. And I got to go Minka. Well, okay. I was, I'm going Troy and Minka. Okay. I re- Oh, I, crap. I, I forgot Troy. How, how, how... <laughs> <laughs> you forgot Troy. I Paul thought you were going Carnell Lake. I, I'm no. sorry. No, I, I love Carnell Lake. How did I forget wrong. Troy? Gosh, it's. Troy Polamalu, like I, like I said, I had just finished the book by Jim Wexel. I had been reading it for a couple, for a long time. That guy, man, like that guy. If there was one guy I could sit down and just have a chat with, it'd be him. It'd be him over Ben. It'd be him over anyone else. It would be that guy. What a guy that is. And Minka, people don't think that, you know, I'm always the offense guy. I, I think the world of Minka Fitzpatrick. I think he is unbelievable. And he actually is one of those players that 
if there's someone that comes close to being that type of cerebral mind as Troy, it's Minka Fitzpatrick, I think. Good, right? I, I agree. And, you know, so if I have to take one off the list. You don't take I, any off the list. Yeah, but but if I have to add Troy. Well, you have to. I, I feel like yeah, Troy is a generational yeah, player. I mean, you can't have, yeah. not have him on your list. I, I was just thinking outside, just outside. But there's one guy I want to add. Let me give honorable mention to Darren Perry. Eighth round draft choice. That guy was money for that team. One of the, I, I thought he was one of the best safeties in the league. Never went to a Pro Bowl, yeah. but he was that good for the Steelers. And I'll, I'll go honorable mention Ryan Clark because yeah. everyone thinks Ryan Clark was like the, a product of Troy Polamalu. When when you learn about these guys, no, they worked hand in hand. If if one didn't do their job, the other one couldn't do their job. So no, they. they I thought Ryan Clark was tremendous, and so was Chris Hope. Uh, who played with Troy before Ryan Clark came around. Um, not bringing up Anthony Smith. Anyways, uh, let's go with <laughs> let's oh. go with uh, cornerbacks. This will be uh, let's go with three. Let's go with three cornerbacks. This actually might be more challenging than you think. I think we both have two the same. Yeah. I in do. Blunt and Woodson. Yes. So who's your, who's your third? Oh, gosh. Where do I start? Uh Man, Ike, Ike Taylor. Going with Ike. Uh, in terms of my favorite, because that's what this is, is we're not trying to do like the all-time team. We're trying to say our favorites. I'm, I'll, I was, I'll see your Ike Taylor. I'm going to raise you a William Gay. Because big, big play, play Willie, Willie Gay. Gay, when he had that season where he was just pick six in everybody and doing the little deer dance and going over and Joey Porter on the Southern knees. Like it was, it was fun. Like they brought, they brought some fun back to football. And that's what I always loved. I love guys that seem like they were having as much fun that I would have been having if I was on the team. And so will William gay who had a great career, a great career and is now a great coach too. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Will, Willie gay, Willie gay, the deer. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that picture the other day because I'm I'm revamping. I do it every year for training camp confidential. Get ready for that on BTSC in yep. a couple weeks. So I'm revamping Digit Dynasty, and I do all 100 numbers. And when you say 100, you got, you can't forget about zero because they actually had a zero. Mm-hmm. But I'm look I'm changing all the pictures because yeah. I just don't want. You have to change them because there's you put current player and everything on there. So I'm I'm just going through all these pictures. And when you were talking about Kirkland a little bit ago, I saw a lot of these pictures of him hulking over people. And yeah. but Willie Gay, I've got a perfect picture of Willie Gay running into the end zone against Cincinnati. He's just like yeah. all alone and it's all wide shot. And he's just in the corner. And you all you see is field, and it's him on the side, and it's a Beautiful picture. Willie Gay was tough. Willie yeah. Gay was fast. Willie Gay had personality. After the uh, the Super Bowl, Jim Jim Rome used to make fun of him because he uh, at the parade he had some kind of crazy yelp <laughs> in celebration. <laughs> but so Jim Rome either love him or hate him. He would he would take off Die Hard, and instead of uh, uh, big play Willie Gay, he would just go. Will K instead of Bill Clay. 
<laughs> That's good. I like that. Okay, let's go to the offensive side of the ball now. Uh, we're going to look at offensive line. We'll try to stick to four again like we did on defensive line. Uh, who makes your offensive line all-time team? John Kolb definitely okay. makes my all-time because he was born on the same day as my father. On both be 75 on August 30th. They were born on the exact same day, but he was a guy that uh, he was responsible for having Bradshaw's back. And he had it well back in the 70s for all four of those Super Bowls. John Kolb was a man. And uh, I, I believe he was a champion weightlifter, too. He, he was just absolutely tough. If I'm looking at center, you know, there's all these guys you can talk about. For me, Mike Webster is the greatest. And I'm not going to talk about anybody else as far as on, on the offensive line there. Um, a center, excuse me. I've got a guy that was just was a favorite of mine too, Ramon Foster. You know, there, there was guys bigger than Ramon Foster and, and better, but I just love the toughness, toughness of Ramon. And if I go ahead and throw in one more, I would just probably, you know, just go from recent days too. And I would throw in, uh, well, not that recent, but Alan Fanica. Okay. For me, one of my favorite offensive lines was the Killer B era. And so, you know, you're only picking four, but it's DeCastro, Pouncey. I loved the Alejandro Villanueva story. It was just so endearing. And the way that he came back to football after two tours uh, with the Army Rangers was just remarkable. Love Ramon Foster. If I have to throw, I'd, I'd probably replace him with Fanica because he's a Hall of Famer, obviously. Uh, but yeah, those those guys that that group was so tight knit. And you throw in Marcus Gilbert, you know, at right tackle if you want. That they were like, that line was so good together. They were so good together. And the Steelers, believe it or not, had some really really good offensive linemen. When you think back over the years, I got in the live chat, people bringing up Tunch. Uh, yeah. And Wolf. I forgot Tunch. Um, but yeah, these are just our favorites. So that that's, you know, it's man, it's good that they had a, uh, yeah. Tyler Barr says Ramon Foster's name was the big, yeah. Big ragu. That is yep. correct. Yep. All right. Let's go to the wide receiver position. Like cornerbacks, you get three. Who are your fate? This is tough. This is really this, tough. This is, <laughs> this is super tough. Okay. But, go for it. I'm going to go Stallworth. Okay. John Stallworth is, is probably my favorite. Uh, that guy, Bradshaw said that uh, early on his favorite was Lynn Swan. And, but at the end, I read this in Bradshaw's book years back. He said, but at the end, I relied on nobody more than John Stallworth. I just knew exactly where it was. I'm going to stick with the number 82 for the second one which is going to surprise a lot of people, but Yancey Thigpen. You're going to go Randall L. No, I got to stick with Yancey. He he was just, uh, he was a guy that he made things happen for that team. He was like fourth round pick of the Chargers and cut. I was on the sidelines for his first game and I got to see him uh, the first time he played. And I think he caught like a 60 some yard touchdown pass from Bubby. And it was it was just great. That was in 1992, and I've got to go with Heinz Ward. Just no nobody made me feel better than Heinz Ward with his toughness, with the smile, but the fact that he's drafted in 1998 in the third round, 
And then in 99, they go number one with Troy Edwards. And they go 2000, they go number one with Plexico. And they had their man all along. Yeah, it's a good point. So for me, number one is Hines. He embodies everything you would want from a stealer at a position like wide receiver. The toughness to go over the middle, the ability to smack a defender in the face, literally, uh, when necessary. He, he never backed down from anyone. And there were some Ravens that wanted to literally kill the guy. I mean, not just we're going to hurt you. Like they wanted to kill him. There was a bounty out for him. That's been proven before bounty gate. There was the Heinz Ward bounty with the the uh, Baltimore Ravens. So look that up. But the Heinz makes my list. The next two are going to be very controversial, but there's a reason why. The next one's going to be Santonio Holmes. And the reason why is not just the Super Bowl 43 catch, because that in and of itself might just put him on my list anyways. Man, that guy was freaking clutch, especially against the Ravens. I mean, when you think about when a big play needed to be made, he was the one that always seemed that Ben would get out of the pocket and he would just throw up a, a ball. You're like, oh, man, that's not going to go anywhere. And then, bang, Antonio Holmes comes out of nowhere, catches it, rumbles down the field. He was just that guy. And really against the Ravens, he was that guy. And that's why I love him, because I hate the Ravens. Uh, and the last one. You know, Mike Tomlin spoke a lot about this guy on the Pivot podcast, and we all listened to it, and it was phenomenal. And it made me really think about when he left, how that can't take away from the time that he spent in Pittsburgh. The way that they depart doesn't necessarily dictate what they did when they were in town. And for that reason, it's Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, excuse me, was awesome. He was awesome. I loved watching him play that Christmas day. It was a Christmas day or Christmas Eve. It was Christmas, Christmas day. day. That play, the immaculate extension, as they call it. I, I can't remember being that excited for a regular season game ever. And that, that, cause it was so much on the line. The division was on the line, the playoffs, everything. Antonio Brown, for sure. He, he's on my top three. People hate it because the way he left and he's such a turd. Now I get it, but Man, when he was in Pittsburgh and he wasn't AB yet, he was Antonio Brown. And then becoming that young superstar, no one was better. Not Julio Jones. I don't care. Anyone, no one, in my opinion, was better. And so that's why AB's on my list. Our very own Shannon White gets depressed talking about AB because that was his favorite. He just absolutely loved AB. And that, yeah, I, every time the guy touched the ball, he was my favorite too. And I I really enjoyed watching him. When I look at this list, I don't care. It, it's just like, for me, Pete Rose belongs in the Hall of Fame. You know, bottom line. For yeah. what he did on the field, belongs in the Hall of Fame. You know, you could, that's another debate for another time. And this is a football show. But I'm talking about how this man made me feel as a Steeler fan from 2017 to 2017. It was pure elation watching him play. For sure. So I I loved everything about him. You know, just because uh just because this isn't who who this list is not who the best is. Because I mentioned yeah. Thigpen, I think people were disagreeing with he was just a favorite of mine. And that that's that's the way I look at it. But yeah, Antonio Brown needs to be on the list. But when I talk about my who I look back at right now as who made me smile the most? Lewis Lips would have been on that list too, but I didn't have more. No, right. A, I get it. AB should be on that list too. But yeah. those were my three. But yeah, list can't be a list without AB. Let's go to tight end. You get one. I get one. 
Yeah. I know where you're going on this. Um, you might be surprised. I have an, I have, I, yeah, you know where I'm going, but I have a good honorable mention. We'll put it that way. I have a good honorable mention too. Um, we've got to go, we've got to go Heath. Yes. Because he, to go yeah, Heath. he was my, I mean, still not the best. I was a big Eric Green fan. Yes. That's my honorable mention. That's your honorable mention. Okay. I did. Sorry. I took that from no, you. No, it's but. fine. I had a Sega Genesis game, Sega Genesis game, Joe Montana football. It was always the Steelers. They weren't that good, but you know who was really good? Eric Green down the seam. <laughs> he was alone. <laughs> down the seam to Eric Green. I would dominate teams in Joe Montana football for Sega Genesis. But Eric Green, yeah. Heath is Heath is Heath. It's Heath. Yeah. yeah I mean, just when you think of one Heath Miller play, what do you think of? tell you mine right now yeah go ahead tell me yours because i i know I'm charlie badge of... hits heath miller near the sideline he dives stretches hits the pile on touchdown the somehow charlie badge led steelers come back and beat the ravens at mt bank stadium that's the play i think of that's when i think awesome. of heath miller that's, that's just great it is a typical heath miller and i don't even think he celebrated that much and that was a huge no, play he, <laughs> he, he he was that guy He's just, I mean, he was more, and you know what? The way he retired, that was fitting Heath. That was Heath. He's like, okay, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. No yeah. fanfare. I'm done. <laughs> like, okay, if, Heath, I'm... if Heath pumped his fist and flexed a little bit, everyone's like, whoa, he, look at Heath celebrating. <laughs> Meanwhile, William Gay's over there. Doing the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Let's go running backs. You get two. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man i I can't put Najee on the list yet. Uh, he's a favorite, right? His favorite Steeler right now. But it's hard to have a list without Franco Harris for me because I grew up watching him. Uh-huh. He was he was the guy when I was a kid. And oh my gosh, there's so many I want to say here. I I want to say the names Ernest Jackson and Frank Pollard. You know, I want to say Walter Abercrombie because I loved these guys, but I even want to say another guy, uh, um, number a really fast guy, but I got to go Jerome Bettis. I mean, yes, he you just have to. It's he, the he boss. Was, I loved him so much. I mean, I, he, I think I fell in love with that team again after they were in that Super Bowl and they brought Bettis on. That's my favorite trade of all time for the Steelers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, Jerome Bettis, it was Myron Cope. If you grew up in and around the Pittsburgh area and you got to listen to Myron or, or watch him on television, listen to Cope's Cabana, you know, <laughs> he talked about hey, like, look, look like a bus out there. Hey, Jerome Bettis, it's Jerome Bettis. He's not had a lettuce. All that stuff. That he was well, that's pretty good. Jeff. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Jerome was, man, he was so good. Time to make the donuts, you know? I mean, that's, that was Jerome Bettis and the bus. And some of the fans that listen to our podcast were only alive for, like, the 05 Bettis. That wasn't that wasn't Jerome. Like, Jerome Bettis, when they got him in that trade, he was more nimble. He was faster. But Jerome Bettis is on my list. And you know who else is on that list? Is Najee Harris. And I, I said this about Minka. These, there are certain players on this current team that have really – I have root for them so hard. He's one of them. Yeah, I love his. I love his honesty. Uh, but yeah, Jerome. And then honorable mention favorite player growing up. 
I wore number 29 in seventh grade football for him. That's one Barry Foster spent Barry a very Foster. short amount of time in Pittsburgh. He literally, uh, I think they ran the wheels off him and then he, he left. Yeah. <laughs> he had so and then many he was, touches that year. <laughs> then he was, then he was done. Yeah. And, 94 was his last year in Pittsburgh. Yep. I, you know, I, I love fast Willie Parker. I love that guy. Yeah, I love Najee key. Harris. I just couldn't put Najee Harris on the oh, list yeah, yet sure. because I can't have a list without Franco Harris. Yeah. I mean, are, are people complaining that Franco finished in Seattle? I mean, the, the, I was reading some of the comments with AB and stuff like, oh, the way he left. It wasn't pretty when he left either, but no, what are you going to do? And, and a lot of people don't realize that, you know who held out? And it was almost ugly, but it was a different time. Jack Lambert held out in the 70s. Yeah. I think it was 77, and he was he wasn't coming back. <laughs> and and but they uh Dan Rooney said, Hey, let's meet up at the airport. <laughs> yeah. And, and Dan had that magic. He was able to do that stuff. And I, I have to say Le'Veon Bell too. I mean, because Le'Veon Bell was I loved watching him. Man, talk about versatile. He, he was like a receiver and a running back in the same body, just absolutely awesome. So let's let's go to the most important offensive position, and that's quarterback. Um, how many you, do you, you want to do? You got to give us three here for a reason. Okay, because... so we're all going to say Bradshaw and Ben. Yeah, that's... we have to. So who's number three? Because I heard you and Kyle talking about this the other day when you filled in on the Scobro, and it was all about who's number three, and that was a yes. really good debate. But that's not my. He's not my favorite, though. Okay, sure, go for it. He's not my favorite. If I've got to say a favorite quarterback, I almost said Bubby here, but Tommy Maddox for me is my number three favorite. He's Tommy, just a, the Tommy Gun era was a lot of fun. It was just basically one year, but that 2002 season, a lot of bad stuff was going on in my life in that 2002 season. Um. But I got lost in number eight. And I remember the fear when he went down with that. Uh, um, it was almost similar. It was a spinal, spinal concussion. concussion. Yeah. It was almost similar to Shazier. I mean, I was really scared watching that. And that's the first time I remember being that scared watching. And then he was back in a couple of weeks. But, man, I just, I just loved watching him play. Now, there's other guys we can mention. There's a guy that could be number three here. Um, most of the quarterbacks I did, I, I liked, um, there's a guy that's showing up a lot. That's pro, that I think might pop up for you. Um, and I agree with him too. And if you heard the debate the other day, if it's the guy that I think you're going to stay, I think if he's today, he's better than Lamar Jackson. I think he's an MVP. I want slash. I don't want Cordell. I want slash. Give me slash and I'll take him. I don't want Cordell. I saw the Cordell experiment. I wasn't interested. It, he he reminded me reminds me a lot of Lamar Jackson. He didn't have the accuracy. Uh, he, he sometimes got happy feet in the pocket when he was just trying to be a pure passer. It just wasn't him. It wasn't his game. Give me Slash though, because Slash was electrifying. Slash people where I grew up named their dogs Slash because of Slash. They, that, that's that's how crazy. That time was, and I know you know that because you were in that area too. Oh, the, was, yeah, you great. lived there. But when, when Cordell Stewart was slash, my gosh, that guy. What that, man, that's fun. That was so much fun. They were three and four that year. 
And then they started giving him the ball and doing all the slash things that he would do. And I, I would actually say that, and I've made this, I've made this claim before, and we, we're never going to answer this question. If he, he would have transformed the wide receiver position, if he would have stayed, I, I, I really think he would have, because he, he could have passed the ball. They could have done a lot of stuff with him. They, um, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if, uh, O'Donnell stayed and they had that weapon in Slash, but he was hell-bent on being a quarterback. The biggest problem with Slash, besides the fact that he had no peripheral vision, the biggest problem with Cordell, excuse me, was Ray Sherman comes in as the offensive coordinator after Chan leaves. And what does he do? He says, no, Cordell is going to be a pocket passer. You don't... You, you don't go ahead, take a steak, and chop it up in a hamburger. You, you don't do that. And they they really, they took Cordell's game away from him by doing that. And I'm surprised that they let that happen. Yeah, it does make you wonder. Let's do the last grouping. Let's go specialist. Kicker and punter. We have to talk about kicker and punter. Who's your favorite kicker and punter? And then we're going to end it. It, this is easy for me. If you know anything about me, even though I love Gary, I'm a Norm Johnson guy. He wasn't here long enough. He was three years, but I think he's the greatest kicker in Steeler history. I think another number nine is going to surpass him, but I'm just a Norm guy. I'm going to go with Chris Boswell. Uh, I, I like Chris Boswell. He I like came in. Skippy Reed had some good moments as well. I love that him. Dude. I <laughs> Jeff Reed, my gosh, that guy was a disaster on and off the field. Uh, and I remember when his, when it kind of went, so I also really like Sean Sweesham and yeah. I, he resurrected his career in our area. Redskin fans. Cause that's what they were called at the time. Uh, the Redskin fans. Oh, you all got Sean Sweesham. That guy can't hit an extra pointer. That was before extra points got moved back. Hey, he had a great, he had a great career. If it wasn't for the freaking turf in Canton, Ohio, who knows? He could still be kicking. We don't know, but yeah, Jeff. In twenty seconds, I could name you every place kicker since nineteen seventy, just like that. Roy Jarella, Matt Barr. Then you have David Trout, Gary Anderson, Norm Johnson. Uh, Merry Christmas, uh, Chris. Uh, Chris, the, the guy that okay, I just screwed up. But uh, Chris, <laughs> the the guy they called him Merry Christmas because Chris Brown. Yeah, uh, not the guy that beat up Rihanna, but Chris Brown. <laughs> and then after that, you had Peterson, you had Skippy Reed, you had Sweezum, and then you had uh, that mess with Scobie and everything, and then Boswell. Yeah, Josh yeah, Scobie came in, and then he was uh, Garrett Hartley, or is it Huntley? Garrett Hartley, but he never made a regular season. That's he never true. made the regular he season. He got hurt. He got yeah. hurt. Yeah, he and got then... hurt. He's a good yep. kicker for the Saints. Yeah. They went through so many kickers that year yeah. because and then it Boss. started with Sweezum. There's four guys. Hey, not many kickers can take a shot to the face like Boswell did last year and live yeah. to talk about. I know. And Boswell, when he was in college, he was regarded as a, uh, a long ball specialist. And look at all the 50 yarders he's had just last season. Yeah, he was he was hitting fifty yarders left and right the last couple seasons. What about no your punter? 
Josh Miller. I got to go with Daniel ACLs out of duct tape to Paul Vanell. You're just going for shock value, Jeff. Big press. There we go. Big <laughs> press. Year two. Sophomore jump, not the sophomore slump. <laughs> there you go. It's not Jordan Berry, I'll tell you that right now. It's not Weasel Boy. So, our <laughs> we have gone long. Uh, Brian, do your final thoughts and we'll get out of here. All right. So the list came out today for um, legends or they, what do they call it? The, uh, the old timers committee or the, uh, for the, the older players that are past the, the ballot. I, I might have the name wrong, but the list came out and there was a name that was just conspicuous for not being on there. And it was LC Greenwood. And for me, that's just, uh, you know, that just hurts because that guy was that good. I know there's a, there's too many Steelers in the Hall of Fame, but I just think that wing needs some Hollywood bags. The other two guys that, that are on the ballot, uh, a lot of people don't know how good this guy was from 1957 to 1964, but Buddy Parker. And Buddy Parker is the, besides Chuck Knoll, he is the only Steelers coach to have two NFL championships to his name. It just happened with the Detroit Lions in the Bobby Lane days. And then he brought Bobby Lane over to Pittsburgh. He just couldn't emulate it here. But he had a winning record in Pittsburgh. Buddy Parker was a very good coach. He's on the list. And Art, too, is now on the list as well. We'll see. Maybe there'll be another uh, celebration in Canton, Ohio. We'll see. Uh, the players, when did they get announced? The the players, like the semifinalists. Around September, we'll start seeing a list for that. Heinz Ward better be on it. Oh, yeah. He, he needs to be on be the on list in, in January, too. Yes. Yes, he does. All right, folks. That does it for us. Dave's not here to send us out. So uh, get the music ready, Brian. We'll see you next week for another episode. Of the- we'll all be back. Steelers preview. Have a good one, everyone. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.